international terrorist caster Troy has finally been captured by obsessed FBI agent Sean Archer. Only problem is there's a live bomb somewhere in Los Angeles. And in order to find the location from Caster's little brother, Pollux, Archer must undergo an experimental face transplant to wear Caster's face. But then Caster wakes up from his coma and does the same surgery to become Archer, stealing his life in the process. Now these arch enemies find themselves on opposite sides of the board, wearing each other's faces in the 1997 action epic Face-Off. I'm Connor Izagari. Caleb Lugier. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. In honor of Nicolas Cage's upcoming meta film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, we felt it was finally time to get in the cage here on Filmgasm. And what better film than his 1997 uh, epic action thriller, Face Off. So, what is your history with this film? Uh, I was aware of it for a very long time. Um, it's, it's one of the VHSs my aunt owned, actually. And every I watch it because it was an all-rated action flick. And my parents were, well, my mom was very strict on what I could watch growing up. Um, but I think it was when I came over to hang out with you one day. That was actually my first time uh, watching it. And I think it's because I told you I hadn't seen it. And you were like, oh, we got to watch this. I remember that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I forgot yeah. I introduced you to Face Off. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you introduced me to this. And this is definitely, like, I know it's considered the holy trinity of cage flicks when it comes to, like, this, Rock and Con Air. A lot of fans consider that, like, I guess, like, a, like when it comes to action cage films, like, those are the three. And I see why. This movie is fucking awesome. Um what we'll get more into but like what cage and like travolta pull off in this movie especially you could argue at the peak of like their mainstream like power at that point acting wise like is incredible like john woo you got one of the greatest fucking action directors of all time giving us by i won't say his greatest my, i wouldn't say his greatest film which most people come at me for that but american film wise i'd say his greatest american action film he's done I'll second that. This is his this is the greatest American action film, but his his some of his Chinese fare. Oh my god, that's some cool shit. Uh I'll talk more about that in a bit. Face off for me, I think I watched this for the first time. I think it was when I was living in Maryland still. I was, you know, getting random movies from Netflix in the mail, and I watched Face Off and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I when I got to Texas, you know, I bought a Blu-ray and it just became part of my collection. And I, I watched it from time to time because it's an awesome fucking movie. And uh, when we decided to you know, cage it up over here, I thought this would probably be the, the best one to kind of, you know, get started on Nicolas Cage on this podcast. Uh, and yeah, I'm, you know, watching this again it doesn't it's not lose any steam at all. It's such a badass movie. It's so exciting. It's intense. The action sequences are amazing. The performances are lights out. It's a great movie. Uh, I'm psyched to talk about it today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very psyched. I'm not psyched about what's currently happening with the movie and the recent news and the not too, I guess, not too distant news that they're trying to get a, get a sequel off the ground. I like the director they chose for it. Um, Adam Wingard, he did Your Next. Yeah. Um, and not... not he did one of the Godzilla films. Oh, Godzilla versus Kong. 
Yeah, that was him. Oh, there we go. Um, so I, I like this guy a lot, but I just don't see how you could do a sequel, especially if you're not going to try to get these two guys back. Well, the thing is, they are. And we'll talk more about that towards the end of the show, but Cage and Travolta are both interested. Okay, we'll see then how that goes. I mean, Gaster Troy's dead, so I don't see it. Travolta (laughs) needs, like, the fifth career boost at this point, like... Yeah, I... All right, if you you guys listened to our episode on The Punisher a few weeks ago, you know that I am still a strong fan of John Travolta. I like John Travolta, I just don't like how his career has gone. He does not make the best decisions. Uh, He put a lot of eggs in the battlefield earth basket and it didn't work out. And then he put a lot of eggs in the Gotti basket and that also didn't work out. Uh, He's trying projects like just stop. Stop it. He does. He needs to stop (laughs) doing passion projects. They quite literally kill his career almost every single time. Yeah, that's a damn shame. I think, you know, he needs to just. I don't know. Maybe they need to make a movie where Travolta plays himself. Unbearable weight too is Travolta. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, I don't. I I feel like he might not be able to make fun of himself the way Cage can. Yeah, I think only Cage. I think I really think. I oh, will probably talk about more when it comes out, but I think that movie can only work with Cage. I can't think of any other actor that that movie would work for. Yeah, 100%. I bet, that, I bet that's how they pitched it. It's like, we can't do this without you. <laughs> we need you. America needs you, Mr. Cage. Would you answer the call? <laughs> oh, that might be heavy-handed, but I love it. I would say like that. I'd be like, look, don't think about your family. Don't think about your career. America needs this right now. It's been a two-year pandemic. Everyone's sad. You're getting us out of it there, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's, you know, if anything's going to pull us, pull us all out of this funk, it's the cagiest cage movie that ever caged. Look, if, if like, the, the successful films have proven anything to me, we want comedy. Like, that's what's been kind of really, outside of horror, that's what's been really hot at the box office still. Yeah. Um, we want to laugh and we want to be scared by fake shit, not, not real shit. Yeah, I mean, Jack has further proved that, like, look, we this is what we want. We want either Knoxville and the gang doing their stupid shit in their 50s so we can laugh or give us the cagiest film that's ever caged on the screen. This is going to be it's gonna be fine. I think this movie is going to be very successful. I'm excited. Or as soon as Monday rolls around, that's usually when I buy my early tickets. I'm buying a ticket early. Nice. I am securing a seat. However, as, as much as Faceoff has become, you know, synonymous with the careers of both Travolta and Cage, they were not the original picks for this. When Faceoff was initially envisioned, the intention was for this to be a vehicle for Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, it ultimately didn't happen for whatever reason, probably because in the 90s, they fucking hated each other. Uh, but when John Woo came aboard, he was like, you know what? I'm going to put this in a different direction. I see John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And okay. I'm glad he did because, I mean, first off, just the size difference between Arnold and Stallone, that was that was never going to work. Right. And then, not to be rude, but um, they both have quite the thick accents. And, and Well, I mean, the, the movie gets around that with the, like, the microchip. 
Yeah, but they still get a point. So I want to make sure that Cage sounds like Cage and Travolta sounds like Travolta. Um, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Schwarzenegger and Sloan have very distinct voices. And also, my, my other big thing is I don't see – in the 90s, I don't see themselves being able to make fun of themselves like that. They would have taken it way too serious. I think this is pretty serious. Like, I don't, I don't think this is that – I'm not saying that it has fun, but you can tell the actors like Cage and Travolta, especially, is just having a ball. That's true. That's here. True. Well, I'm glad it worked out the way it worked out. Um, I know Cage almost didn't sign on because he didn't want to play a, a bad guy. But then he found out he's pretty much the hero of the whole movie. So he's like, all right, I'll do that. What's interesting? He didn't want to play a bad guy. Well, I think that. Did he like recently play a bad guy around this time? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, this is this was around his action period when he was doing like this, and then like The Rock and Con Air and all this stuff was coming out. He was in a lot of action movies. Yeah, it's weird. I guess he just. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to tarnish his image or something. Or I think it was either he didn't want to be a bad guy or he didn't want to play a crazy person. <laughs> Again. You don't want anything to take away from the famous host group that's been memed from Con Air. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. Nothing can uh, take away from moment. Nothing. Oh, no. All that so accent. Con- <laughs> the accent. Oh, my God. Con Air, the random, just half-assed Southern accent. I do right. love how, how cut he is in that movie, though. Like, he, he worked out. He did work out. I think it's funny. I think it was you that told me that when, like, the fans thought he had fake abs and ghost right he just stopped ever trying to get that cut again yeah i'm like fuck you guys 300 had just come out so any you know surprise abs in film were fake (laughs) okay more people should have gone out after that wig from ghost rider that was that was the real culprit So, with Face Off, iconic Chinese action director John Woo helmed the film. This was his third American production behind Hard Target and Broken Arrow, the latter of which was also with Travolta. Some of his other films include Hard Boiled, The Killer, A Better Tomorrow, Mission Impossible 2, Wind Talkers, and Red Cliff. And he is one of the most celebrated action directors ever. Uh, Hard Boiled and The Killer, I've, I've seen. Hard Boiled was badass, and The Killer was even better. Like those are, I would argue, his most like his definitive films. The Killer, especially, is you know he worked with Chalian Fat a lot, and uh, the Killer Chalian Fat's an assassin who has to team up with a police officer to take down the triads who want them both dead. And it is so cool that the final shootout in the church has never been like uh, never. It's it's unrivaled. It's one of the best action sequences of all time. One day we are going to do the killer on this show. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm not. Unfortunately, like, I'm not as prolific with uh, genre as I'd like to be. I think I've watched a lot more of his stuff. I've really just seen this and Mission Impossible 2. And it's not even my favorite Mission Impossible. Um, I don't blame him for that movie. I blame a lot of other reasons, um, but not him. I think a lot of the action scenes hold up well in the movie because of him. Um so I do need to watch more of stuff. I'm very aware of him. And I've I've heard that like in I mean face off alone, like he just knows how to stage action that lasts. Like even now, 
um, you know, to me, after like the 90s, like American action cinema just fell fucking down in quality to me when it came to action. We haven't really gotten it back until John Wick came out, in my opinion. And it's kind of like reinvigorated and said, like, okay, this is American action cinema again. Um, but until then, like, you know, based off of them, really were like, these are things that to me, even now, and that hold up, you know, they're not overly edited, they're not baying it up where it's just like moving fucking constantly you don't know what's going on it's like no it's yeah it's edited and stuff but you know what's happening you get it there's a lot of cool you know they take the time to give you the cool shots yeah. just, he just he knows how to fucking stage action oh straight up uh he's got a very signature style i love that he's always got those uh he's got white doves or double pistols that's his that's his trademark in every single film awesome i also found out he did paycheck remember that movie uh the mel gibson one no, it's payback. Paycheck was when was Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman in the early two thousands. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. The movie sucked, but anyway, John Woo's awesome. Uh, definitely, uh, I want to watch like you know a better tomorrow. Uh, Red Cliff, I've heard is insanely good. Uh, so definitely a guy I want to keep checking out. Yeah, I I, I want to dive into his more foreign uh, his foreign works and really get into that. I, I, yeah the guy's just he, he's an icon of action cinema there's not a single moment of reload in hard-boiled or the killer like that never happens just a constant yeah chow and fats two pistols never need to be reloaded he's always just firing it's hilarious always have ammo <laughs> always uh oscar winner nicholas cage plays terrorist caster troy and later fbi agent sean archer Cage won his Oscar for his performance in 1995's Leaving Las Vegas, was also nominated for his role in Adaptation. He's a rock star who has amassed a fan base unlike any before or after him. Some of my personal favorites of his include Raising Arizona, Con Air, The Rock, National Treasure, and Pig. Uh, what are some of your favorites? Con Air, The Rock, National Treasure, so the first two years I agree with. Uh, Mandy, fucking love Mandy. Um, Pig grew on me as we actually when we did the recording grew on me. I think he's fucking lights out in that. Um, yeah, I'd probably say off the top of my head those would be favorites of mine that I go back to constantly. Um, even then, there's films I've seen from that may not be my favorite, but I still enjoy. Like, yeah, it's just a fucking incredible actor. And I and I used to hate when people would be like, oh, you know, especially when his paycheck area here all the time. Like, you know, he's a really bad actor, Nicholas Cage. And I was like, no, he picked bad movies. I was like, but he gave it his all every single time. Yeah, and I'm glad people are finally getting on this train. Took a bit, but here we are. Uh, I hope Unbearable Weight pushes Cage back to the top of the A-list. It's looking like that might actually happen. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I've always loved this guy. I think he's an, an amazing actor, a genuine human being, and I'm glad he's finally getting the comeback he's deserved for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, look at our, our favorite films. This is an actor that he does a little bit of everything. My your and your favorite films reflected it too. Like, we named action films, he's done that we love. We named a family fucking film that we love. That I keep hearing rumors of the third one might or may not be in development. Who knows? Maybe after Unbearable comes out and it's a big success. Well, I'm right now, shit. right now, I guess Disney Plus is doing a series, and Justin Bartha is the only cast member returning. 
Right, but there's I, I'm still hearing rumors about potential third film with all of them back. I, I'm, I'm thinking though, waiting for Matt Unbearable Weight to come out. Well, I heard there's some like Cage said there was some beef between him and Disney after over the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and that's what killed National Treasure Three. Ah, uh, so I hope I want it, but I don't know. Studio beef is hard to hard to come hard to overcome, especially if it's Disney. They don't like to let things go. Um. They don't like to live it up. Like uh, they don't like to live by Frozen's mantra, and they created that movie. Um, well, you know, you have that, and then like I said, for me, Mandy, that's damn near horror. You know, horror movie. Like he's not afraid to pick any type of genre film to do. Like huh. to him, he just loves to act. Yeah, one of my favorites of his is uh, Knowing, which I've, I've shouted out a few times on on these shows. Uh, didn't do well, didn't get a lot of praise, but I, it freaked me out. It was a, like way too realistic uh, end of the world movie that I really enjoyed. And we will do it on this show one day, not beyond the bed that belongs here. Like knowing belongs on this show. So one day. Well, <laughs> we, will, we will also one day on beyond the bed, do the wicker man. Cause that, that shit just cracks me up every time I watch it. <laughs> Regrettably, there are a lot of his films that we are going to do on that show, but you know, everyone's got a rut. We all end up in a rut at some point. Yeah, it's just do you get out of it, and he's getting out of it. So, yeah. oh, another one I mentioned, Mom and Dad, really good movie. He's Mom and awesome. Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad is great. I thought I, that was such a fun movie, such a, a weird concept, and him and Selma Blair really committed. Yeah, they did. I like the part when, like, he is trying to kill his son and Lance Henriksen playing his dad comes home and is trying to kill him. So it just becomes this big over chase scene. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's another one we're definitely going to do here. This is just opening the, you know, the floodgates for all sorts of fun movies. It took us so long to finally talk about Cage here. It's because we have to give him the respect he deserves. Because we can't just throw him on here. That's you right. Have to, you have to respect him. Yeah, this is not just your. This is not your average film guys and podcast. This is a cage match. Cage <laughs> so, is not your average actor. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> There's something special about him. It's you know not quantifiable. We all get it though. Oh yeah. Oh, you know another one I put up my favorites. I just remembered. That I liked from, I guess, 2020 it came out. I forget. But uh, Willie's Wonderland. No <laughs> line of dialogue, but he crushes it in that movie. Yeah, that was a, that was a weird one. Uh, really fun movie. I really like uh, Matchstick Men from 2003, I think it was, with uh, Sam Rockwell, where he's a professional con artist. So that's the one where he like, shouts something like randomly to the, to the storekeeper. Yeah, you ever been dragged into the sidewalk and beaten till you pissed blood? That's what that's There it about. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Nothing like a nice Nicolas Cage freak out moment. Like he freaks out better than anybody in Hollywood. Better than anyone on earth. He's the best. Did you see the honest shows they did for the Ghost Rider movies? Yes. And they showed that quick little second of behind the scenes of him just running into the camera and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Oh my God. I, like, I haven't seen the Ghost Riders in a very long time. Yeah, there's something. 
I, I don't know like how like, how he's able to channel this kind of energy almost like all the time. It's amazing. I, it's commitment. He he puts the same amount of effort into a film like Leaving Las Vegas that he does into a film like fucking Primal. He's, yeah, yeah. No one does um, that. Ooh, another. I'm thinking of a lot of recent ones I've been watching too. Um, I know it's kind of, I guess, kind of problematic now because the whole thing with its director, but Color Out of Space was a fucking good one with him in it. That's one I want to revisit because I never, I've never really been a big Lovecraft guy, but I think that's that film's worth a second viewing for me. I fuck, I fucking love that movie. I thought it was so goddamn good. Um, I've been a real big fan of like his like recent like genre offerings, very much. Um, I'm glad he finally got to play Superman in that Teen Titans movie. I didn't see it, but I, I was I was happy he got to voice Superman. Yeah, he had to do it. Oh, his speaking of his voice work, uh, Spider-Man Noir yeah. and uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one of my favorite lines in the movie. We don't pick the venue, we just dance. <laughs> ah, Who's the wind coming from? Cage is the man. Next up, Oscar nominee John Travolta plays FBI agent Sean Archer and later terrorist Caster Troy. Travolta was nominated for his performances in Saturday Night Fever and Pulp Fiction. And uh, we recently went through his career in our episode on The Punisher, in which he plays the sadistic crime boss Howard Saint. So I'm not going to lay out Travolta's greatest hits here because I like that just did it a few episodes ago. But any like specific Travolta films come to your mind when you think of like his greatest hits? Uh, definitely Saturday Night Fever. I, I that one actually surprised me with how much I ended up liking it. Um, mm-hmm. I watched it on a whim because I kind of heard about like, oh, you know, it's this breakout movie and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, let me give it a shot. And I was like, because I remember thinking for years, like a disco movie. Okay. And then I watched it. I was like, it's actually kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I, I I keep meaning to check it out. It's, it's not bad. Um, I I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, loved him uh, in Pulp Fiction, right? That's I think one of his best films he's ever done. Um, obviously, Face Off. Beyond that, I I like him quite a bit. I just think he's not the best at picking roles. Um, but That's I do, think, yeah, I do think he's one of those actors that he is generally like good. And, like he he commits every time. Um, he just needs to pick better movies and stop having so many to resurgences yeah it's crazy how his passion projects keep biting him in the ass uh i actually liked Gotti. i know i'm on a very small island with that one uh but you know i like a nice you know ah, forget about it you know gangster film like i don't care that it's nonsensical and nobody's really trying that hard i think he's trying pretty hard it's probably the only uh, one trying pretty hard well, it does glamorize John Gotti, which is pretty fucked up. He was a murderer and a bit of a psycho, but it's not boring. I'll give it that. And it's a beyond the bad movie for sure. I mean, it's zero percent destroyed his career for the second time. Uh, but I'm hoping that you see the light. I'm, ex- I'm actually very interested to see what you think about Gotti when we eventually do that. Oh, what I? Th- oh, okay. Yeah, we'll be. We'll see. I will probably hate it, but yeah, probably. Who knows? Um... Oh, I forgot he was in Phenomenon. I forgot about that movie. That's actually a really good movie. Haven't seen that, but I've heard really good things. I really what? like uh, I like Michael, which is uh, sappy, but 
cute. He plays the Archangel Michael, who's just like in town on like a vacation. <laughs> okay. It's 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 funny. It's endearing. Uh, when I was a kid, I had a soft spot for wild hogs. I I'm glad you do. I'm gonna try and watch that one. I was like, this movie's not that funny. I tried to watch it a few years ago, and I came to that conclusion. But okay. uh, you saw the light. I did. But Travolta in that movie is still like the funniest part of that movie. Like, there's moments where he's like, you know, like after after they destroy the bar, and he's like trying to get on the road, and he just starts randomly crying. And they're like, why are you crying? It's, he's he's trying. Yeah, no, he he was trying. Um, I did. I I'm with you and uh, Colton that I liked him a lot in um, The Punisher. Like, I actually thought his bowling role was really good. He's just such a weird little man in that in that movie, but it it works somehow. <laughs> Does, um, oh, he was in. Oh, I need to check that. Apparently, he was in the Thai West uh, Western in the Valley of Violence. Yeah, I've heard good things about that one. I really want to watch that movie. I need to, it's on Netflix. I need to check that one out. Uh, probably on one of these uh, less films coming out weekend when I actually have some time to watch it and not worry about what's coming out. Yeah. Um, I want to see The Fanatic. I know I've heard it's bad, but like I just want to see him because I've actually heard from all the people like, this is what I hear a lot. It's bad, but Travolta's really good in it. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Um. <laughs> I think he's absolutely phenomenal in face-off. Really balancing both, you know, Archer and Troy perfectly. Yeah. I I would actually argue he might be a bit better than Cage in the sense that Cage, you know, obviously is committing hard when he's playing Caster Troy. He's still committing, but the character of Sean Archer is much more subdued to begin with. Yeah. So when he becomes Archer, he plays it more subdued. Which makes sense with what the movie's going for. So it's not really a flack on like a critique on Cage's performance. It's just that the character really is more subdued. Whereas Javolta does the opposite. He's a subdued character, but then has to act like Caster Troy. He was way over the top. Yeah. And everything. I think he just fucking nails it. Well, also, you know. <clears throat> Cage's version of Archer has had his life stolen by like his worst nightmares come true and he's scared and he's insecure and, and he doesn't have a plan. So he's not the most, you know, confident version of Archer. He's a lonely, terrified man trying to figure this out. So I think on that side, Cage really sells it. Yeah, I know. I'm not, like I said, I'm just not like me saying like, oh, Cage, okay, so I'm not saying Cage is great. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying when it comes to over the top, I would say Travolta is more entertaining in like the the dual roles here because you can tell he's playing a caster that has the person who won't leave him alone, right? The guy's been hunting down. He has his face. He has his life now. So he's just living it up. He's like, oh, I can fucking destroy you now and get away scot free. (laughs) The way he plays it, it's like the dude. It's like Danny from Greece became a terrorist. Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> it's great um, next up Oscar nominee Joan Allen plays Eve Archer Sean's wife oh. Allen was nominated for her performances in Nixon The Crucible and The Contender some of her other films include Room Death Race Manhunter Peggy Sue Got Married Pleasantville and the Apple TV Plus series Lysie's Story uh, and I always wondered like what happened to Joan Allen after the 
2000s and turns out she just pretty much has been doing tv for a while uh and she's good as eve uh apparently the studio didn't want her they wanted some uh hot young stepmom to quote some studio and i think it was john woo and i think travolta who went to bat for joan allen jesus christ yeah they were like (laughs) he would never be married to a woman his own age what are you crazy uh, wasn't the studio just hype enough to get Gina Gershon? He was like, "Well, this would be after what Showgirls or before it?" Yeah, after. Like, yeah, so she's already kind of like on a lot of dudes like, "Oh my god" list anyway. So it's like you already got your attractive talent in your damn movie. It's like, well, it's just weird that that's that used to, you know that's a call that studios can make. Like, she's not hot enough. We want somebody else. Yeah. Like, how fucked up is that? It's fact. Well, again, pre I can't believe I can't believe this is coming up with pre Me Too movement. It's a weird thing to say now, but there is a like literally you can trace it to pre Me Too and post Me Too. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's disgusting. Like, and I actually put in my notes. I'm so glad that John Woo and Travolta won that one because I put in my notes how refreshing it was to see a film with this kind of storyline. And for once, I'm not watching their troubled fucking marriage. We get to the point where, like, you know, he gets to the point where, like, he comes home and tells him, hey, I got him. And they're mending it all back together. They're staying married. They they feel like an actual couple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so sick and tired of watching these films where you they're fighting and they're not talking. I'm like, oh, my God. The cops broken marriage. Uh, yes. Trope. So I hate that. Fucking tired of that trope. So just it was refreshing to me. To see, like, yeah, they went through their grief. Obviously, they're, you know, that was their son. Yeah. But, you know, you see when he catches them, hey, I did it. I'm going to spend more time home. He says, I'll take a desk job. I'll do whatever I need to make it up to you guys. I'm like, thank you. What a fucking refreshing thing to see. And even when they do kind of dabble with it for a minute, because of the whole secret assignment he does, it still isn't like this big thing that causes it into the, no. He, he's adamant throughout the movie after that to find her and be like, hey, look, the guy you think's your husband is not your fucking husband. And she's so quick to like, it is really refreshing to see this type of relationship portrayed the way it was in a 90s film. For I think it's epic that like all the, like <clears throat> this is, this film's loaded with strong female characters who don't take any shit. That's, that's nice and refreshing as well, especially from the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even uh, Gina Gershon, like she, she gives, when yeah. she thinks it's Caster, she gives it to him whenever she feels like. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to protect my son and fuck anybody who tries to stop me. It's That's good. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, yeah I'm glad I'm glad John Wayne and Jolton won that because I, I made that a note that was, it was refreshing to see the marriage portrayed the way it was and not resort to the fucking trope that I'm sick and fucking tired of. I'm so tired of the phrase, there's more to life than being a cop. I've heard that so many times in so many movies and TV shows. It makes me want to pull my fucking hair out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say that, but I don't have hair right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah. no do I ever plan on having hair again in my life. Um, I just, look, for anyone who isn't sick and goes like, well, it's understandable. I have a buddy, a very good friend of mine, Mikey. Uh, I've known since second grade, who is a cop. I have asked him his hours. A cop generally works 12 or more hour fucking days. So for a lot of them, no, it's very hard to have more than just a cop life when most of your waking hours 
are being a fucking and even when you're off if you're called for something pretty fucking serious you're called for something pretty fucking serious well the thing that movies do is they always treat it like it's some mid-marriage revelation like oh my god i married a cop like it's not a secret like you knew what you were getting into this is the man you knew or this is the woman you knew if they want to flip it and it's just like it's it's so lazy Mm-hmm. it's like you just want to create strife where there isn't any real reason for there to be strife here yeah and i'm not saying like they don't have there aren't people that get into relations with law enforcement and they're in like maybe a love phase right where they're not seeing it. and then eventually they're like oh, i don't really like what that, that they're gone all the time and they have that argument i'm not saying it doesn't happen in life but how many of them are actually in long, staying around long enough to get married and then all of a sudden halfway through marriage be like oh, you're never home because yeah. you're out there doing something that requires you to do the right thing. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, we've got character actor Alessandro Nivola, who plays Pollux Troy, Caster's little brother. Nivola recently played gangster Dickie Moltisanti in the Sopranos prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, some of his other films include... Hmm? I never put that together, but... I know, he, he's, a, he's a bit of a chameleon. Uh, okay. He also was in American Hustle, The Art of Self-Defense, Jurassic Park 3. Oh, my God. He was mm-hmm. the Billy. Stole the fucking egg. Yep. Pterodactyl guy. How has this guy popped up in so much shit I've watched? And I've never been like. I don't know. Because he looks completely different. And everybody, it's a hunch. It's the way his hair is. It's glasses. I don't know. But this dude can act. <laughs> Uh, and he's set to play one of the villains in the uh, Craven the Hunter movie that's coming out next year. So, ironically, he's not playing Chameleon. <laughs> but he is, uh, yeah, he, the role has not been disclosed. But, yeah, he's a very talented actor. He was one of the few parts of Many Saints of Newark I really liked. Yeah, yeah, he I, I had a lot of issues with that movie, but he was good in it. Yeah. And he's such a little slimy piece of shit in this movie. Just this weeny little brother. Yeah, guy that has to have like protection around him at all times and he has to be reminded to take his meds. I'm like, God, I would have fucking shot you myself. I was gassed. <laughs> I'd be like, let's just get rid of the dead weight here. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's the reason they get caught because he paid for the plane. And Caster's even like, you know, that's why we have the boys to protect our famous faces, bro. Like, oh my God. I do love that moment when he falls through the ceiling and that, that, that cop's like, Sir, why are you so sad? It's just Pollux Troy. Yeah. <laughs> he gets shot in the head. <laughs> ah, just yeah. Pollux. It's nobody. <laughs> just another piece of shit swept off the streets. As, but, soon, uh, as, soon, as soon as I said it's a nobody, I just saw the line from John Wick. You mean the fucking nobody? That fucking nobody is John fucking Rick. Good times. One day. I, I can quote the living shit out of that movie. So I remember we did for years because that movie like resonated with us so strongly. It still resonates with me very strongly. It's one of the greatest action films of all time. One day for sure. It's gonna we're gonna do that here. We'll, we'll talk about it. If John we didn't Wayne. fucking delay the fourth movie, I would be like, we gotta do it for the show. Oh yeah. We yeah. Well, I mean, we got three John Wick movies to to play with uh bef- you know, until we get to part four. So maybe we'll just, you know. Spread them out. I like it. Uh, next up, Gina Gershon plays <laughs> Sasha, Caster's ex and baby mama. Gershon was also in Showgirls, Killer Joe, 
blockers and the TV series Brooklyn Nine-Nine as powerful, uh, powerful corrupt cop Lieutenant Melanie Hawkins in one of the, I think it was season six or something. I don't know. It was an arc. But uh, yeah, I remember her in Showgirls. She was god-awful like everything else in that movie. Uh, she's, she's good in this. She was good in this. I think the only thing I put down was like Gina Gershon is, is hot. So I think she's very hot. So I think that's like all I put. So I was like, good character. I like her. Good job, Gina. I just pictured you in a lab coat with like a whiteboard and you just wrote like Gina Gershon equals hot. And you're like yeah. in deep thought. <laughs> that's like me. I feel like that's me whenever I make notes. It's like a bunch of good notes and then like a really attractive act- oh, actress I find attractive comes on. I'm like, Lauren Cohen, hot. All right. <laughs> Good, good note. <laughs> uh, Face Off has an IMDb score of 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes score of 92%. Jesus, fuck. It was a huge hit, grossing $245 million on a budget of $80 million, And this was back when $245 million was a lot of money. This was like, man, probably, that would probably be what, equivalent to like six, $700 million now? That's like $900 billion right there. It's insane. I don't think it's that much. I don't think inflation's gone up that much, dude. It's like six football fields full of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I'm sure Cage is still making royalty money off this movie to this day. Yeah. This was one of his biggest hits. And yeah, it's equivalent, probably equivalent of like six, seven hundred million of inflation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was nominated for one Oscar, Best Sound Editing, which it lost to Titanic. Uh, Kill me now. To be fair, though, pretty much every movie that year lost to Titanic. It took Fucking the whole show. Kill me now. I think I've, I think I've already expressed my shit on um how I feel about uh, a certain director known as James Cameron career pre and post fucking Titanic. Well, you hold on to that. Never let go, Caleb. I'm, I'm letting go of Titanic. Do you know there's a scene that they deleted from Titanic where Kathy Bates is in the dining room of the boat as it's hitting the iceberg and you can see it in the background of like the window and she's going, like holding a glass going, can I get some more ice? Can I make that up? No, that's real. I've seen the clip. You can look it up. Not, not talking around. That's a real clip that was filmed and cut from the final product, but they went as far as to like be filmed. Oh my God. They also had an alternate ending where, like, they I'm spoiling they Titanic. The they both get on the piece of wood because there's enough fucking room. Is that the alternate ending? No, the alternate ending is old lady is about to throw the heart of the gem or whatever the, the, the necklace into the ocean. And the director of I think it was Bill Paxton. Uh, uh-huh. the director of the documentary comes out and is like, No, that's priceless. And we could really learn from it. And she's like, you know what? Life's not that bad. And they all have like a, you know what? It's going to be okay. Kind of end of the sitcom ending. So I feel like Titanic was an accident. <laughs> I don't like Titanic. I don't it's, like that movie. It's not, I don't think it's, hor- it's horrible. I don't think it is an incredible landmark film, but I like, if I'm, you know, if I've got three and a half hours to kill and I've run out of Leo movies to watch, I'll put it on. I'll, I'll gouge out my eyes if I put that movie on again. <laughs> uh, so 
There have been rumors of a sequel for a few years yeah. now. Uh, Cage and Travolta both apparently are interested because they, well, Cage doesn't really need it anymore, but Travolta, he does. Like Cage doesn't need shit. Cage is doing fine, as we've seen since, I would say, mostly Manny, I'd argue mom and dad kind of got, started putting him back on the map. Fair enough. But it's uh, it's interesting that this would be pitched because, as we all know, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you have seen this movie. Uh, Caster Troy dies at the end of this movie. Uh, and I highly doubt they kept the face. <laughs> Why would you bother to put it back on if you're just going to, you know, burn the body? Yeah, it, I don't know how they're going to find out. Look, there's a fucking, they somehow pulled off an Eraser sequel, Eraser Reborn. Schwarzenegger's yeah. not in it. It's a straight to DVD sequel, but I'm like, at this point, they're going to find a way to sequelize something. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. Going, but is it necessary? God, no. Like, no. Like, is it? why can't we just have a one-off movie? Like, why can't we live in a world where there's one movie, one really good movie, and we move on? I don't know. Dollar signs, that's why. <laughs> All right, so with that, um, let's discuss Face Off because I doubt we're ever going to get that sequel unless Adam Wingard figures out something that is so lightning in a bottle, perfect. It's not going to happen. Like, unless it's like a clone or some shit or like a secret twin brother that nobody said anything about. I don't, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it was announced in what 2019, and it's like 20. I mean, granted, that was before the pandemic hit, so I don't know how much that slowed them down. Um, I feel like it didn't slow the writers down because they've had nothing but time. Or did they? I hope not. You're not. You're not taking advantage of your situation, otherwise. Dude, if I was around, I'd be like, "Look, you're not going to accept my scripts. Making some movie. I'm watching movies, playing video games. Call me when you want a script." Fair enough. All right, so Face Off starts out pretty goddamn strong with uh, Caster Troy murdering a child. Very strong, very strong opening here. Yeah, I mean, str- brilliant way to establish why Archer is so determined to get this guy and just, like, their relationship from the get-go. Loving that stash, by the way. Right. On, the, on the, Cage. The fucking, the very unnecessary stash where I'm just like, are you trying to make this take place in the 80s, like saying he had the porn stash in the 80s. Anybody had a porn stash in the 80s is Caster Troy. <laughs> um, <sighs> but yeah, just bullet goes through Travolta, kills his kid. Even, but I love that like look of remorse almost on K, like on Caster's face. He's like, oh shit, I didn't mean to kill that child. Yeah, you kind of see that he, his morals were all, not all there. Just enough to go like that was not the plan. Like I wasn't. I was trying to get you, not your kid. Yeah, and that vibe is felt throughout the whole movie, where he's you get this feeling of like I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah, like there's a there's regret over what he did in that regard. Um, but again, like you said, it's a great way to establish like this their relationship right off the bat with each other um, in the movie going forward. 
I do like when Travolta's on the ground calling to his son. You clearly see bystanders in the background and no one's running to go help Travolta, who is on the ground crawling after getting shot. They're just stand and it'd be one thing if like people bolted, right? Because there was a fucking gunshot. No, they're just standing there looking at him. Well, maybe he made a big fuss about this about the Ferris uh, the uh carousel or something and they just don't want to help him just like that's what happens i don't know probably not uh but yeah it's right off the bat you're like okay cast destroys a monster and archer hates his guts and this is why uh from there we i think it's like six years later and archer has lived and breathed nothing but caster troy and troy is putting a bomb in the L.A. Convention Center for some reason, dressed as a priest. Which is at least one of the greatest scenes of all time, of him dancing around and then making the weirdest face. That thing I remember when you showed me this, we rerounded we rerounded to that face quite a bit. I've, I've set that face as multiple desktop uh, pictures. Like, that's... That might be my favorite picture of Nicolas Cage ever. Uh, it's just, it's wild. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a sculpture. But yeah, he just wanders into a, co- a choir, just like rocking out. And nobody, nobody looks like, at, like inquires, like, what's going on here? And he just starts feeling up a teenager and making the wildest, like, ha, just such ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. This story does not hide the fact that apparently Caster Troy does not care about age at all. Well, no, he's a he's an international terrorist who lives life for the fun of it. He's basically the Joker. It's uh, yeah, I think that you know, if Cage ever played the Joker, like this is the closest we're gonna get. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That would be a cool Joker. He's not gonna ever do it now, but oh, man. I don't. He's playing Dracula. I mean. Anything goes at this point. God, I cannot wait to see his version of Dracula. <laughs> Vampire pimp in the house. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he puts um, he puts the bomb in there and then goes to get on a plane with, with little brother, Pollux. Oh, he's got his like little to-go box of like chiclets, various uppers and downers, and his golden guns. That are going to be making a comeback in the unbearable weight of massive talent. That's supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20000 for it. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. I can't wait. Um, I love that Archer is like very determined, but also a super prick to his whole team. Like they all hate him. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I love like. They are quick to point out, like, look, he is so into this that he is not nice to his own team members. He is constantly just business and putting them. I love when they're, like, trying to talk. <coughs> that they couldn't, like, they're waiting for, like, the FBI to come in. He's like, well, make a phone call. Hurry up. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. I'll trust a $10 snitch at this point. I do love when they're like, hey, maybe we should take a break. Everyone's tired. And he's like, we'll take a break when the case breaks. Jesus. Jesus I guess that he man. killed your kid but he didn't kill their kid they, they're not as invested no. oh. but it is cool that he like 
he's been studying this guy so much. Like he knows everything about him, the most intimate little details. And I mean, that's, that's impressive so much so that he knows that like Pollux never flies alone. So Caster has to be at this, at this airfield right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. One could say it's cool. One could say it's kind of creepy. He knows that much about him. I get it though. A guy killed his son. I'd want revenge. I'd never stop. You know, I'd, I'd be living and breathing vengeance. I get it. This is true. Uh, I love Caster's wardrobe choices, by the way, like the fucking like red velvet cape and stuff like he, he he's a man living his best life. Yeah, he is. And who has a girlfriend will fuck any woman that moves. And by telling them to suck my tongue, which I've never heard that particular version, but like that those words together in my life. Yeah, I'm going to start using that as, as, as a pickup line. If I were to invite you to suck my tongue, would you be grateful? <laughs> I'm going to get maced so many times. So many times. <laughs> I actually, I remember because it had been a while. So when I was watching, I was like, is he about to say suck my dick? And then he says tongue. I was like, not where I thought that was going. <laughs> well, he starts out like, if I were to send you flowers, like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, let, let me rephrase. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, the most wanted terrorist on the planet. He doesn't give a fuck. It's either no, like if it's it's either yes or no, and in that case, it's still probably yes because he's a monster. Oh yeah, he'll probably find a way again there. So yeah, uh, and the, what a committed federal agent to just straight up suck his tongue. She went for it. Yeah, I was. Remember, yeah, I was thinking like, what if they never showed up? How far is she willing to go with this? Undercover work, man. You do whatever the job entails. That's that's how it works. See, and this is the part where you probably should, if you're going to date law enforcement, maybe not date undercover law enforcement because there's a good chance they're having to do things to keep up the facade. I feel like they like they specifically get people to do undercover work who don't have attachments, people who don't have family, people who aren't you know in relationships specifically, so they're not they're more than willing to go the extra mile because they don't have anyone to lose. Right. Can you imagine just like after they get home of a long day of undercover work, they've what sucked how many dicks in that day alone are coming home to you. <laughs> I don't, I don't think undercover like yeah, vice vice cops don't actually suck dick. They just, they trap the job. We, we, we don't know that. I think we do. <laughs> undercover. You gotta do what you gotta do. Oh boy. Now I, I have like so much respect for undercover agents, especially just because of like the commitment to becoming another person, the incredible skill it must take to like I was reading about this guy who was um he was a very high up FBI agent who was tasked in the 80s with finding um Russian spies in the FBI. And uh he was the Russian spy in the FBI. But he was so they trusted him so much, like they just gave him the job. Like, we got a mole here, you got to find it. You're the man. And he was the goddamn mole. Like, the departed actually happened in the FBI in the 80s. How'd they figure it out finally? He fucking, his job was done. He left. And once they realized that he was gone, that his, this dude had fucking disappeared, they found him in, in Russia. Fuck. 
He was like, yeah, my name's Ivan or whatever the fuck. And I'm a, I'm a mole. Unreal. Okay. Yeah. Really, really good. Very good. Yeah. But this lady, not so much because she just goes FBI and gets whacked in the head with a briefcase and shot. Yeah, she was terrible. Like, she, as soon as they came in, thought, oh, I'm good now, and just yells out FBI. And I'm like, probably should have waited until he was getting arrested. Did you notice that uh, Archer's partner uh, was uh, the, the angel Uriel in Supernatural? No, because I for, forgot about some characters in that season because it's been a long time. Season four. Season show. Well, it was a long show, but it was a good show. It was a good show. I I got you into that show. I got you into that show. Congratulations. Your medal's in the mail. Yeah, it better be. (laughs) But he was, yeah, he was Castiel's partner who was like, you know, evil. But I forgot about that. I remembered his face and I was like, I know that guy. Uh, I love that Archer just randomly is like, I'm taking this helicopter and <laughs> takes the helicopter and just like starts shooting out the engine. It's a great action se- sequence, but it's like, so ridiculous. Oh, it's what well, it sets the stage. Meaning, like, this is John Moore saying, you're, you're on board at this point, or you're not. This is the action film you're getting for me. Because um, I, I fucking love this whole like sequence of the plane chase and then like the whole the hangar shootout. Like, it, it's just fucking, it's those are so exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. The shootout, especially when Paulus gets arrested and Caster's just like, oh, fuck it, and starts running away. And Paulus is like, brother? But, but brother. Um, yeah, then Archer and Caster just going at it and being like, you know, you got one bullet left. So do you. And he's like, I love that. Uh, I love when Caster gets on his knees and he's like, starts singing that song. You know, I'm yeah, ready. At first, at first, like acting like he's begging for his life, and he gets on his knees and you know starts singing the song. Better pull that trigger because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Jesus, uh, he pulls out the knife. Archer kicks it away. He gets blasted by a jet engine. Ends up in a coma, which is not the worst thing to happen with a jet engine. I'm just saying right now. Yeah, he got off easy. Like, you can get sucked into those things. If they had enough force, you could have been sliced by the fucking fence. Like, really, a coma was, like, literally, like, the best-case scenario in that regard. Oh, yes. Uh, I also want to point out the composer of this film. I think his name is John Powell. This is his first movie. Uh, well done. Score's yeah. pretty kick-ass. It's a good score. Yeah. Very tense. Not, yeah. Not as epic as I would say Con Air's score but still a good score for a Nick Cage action film I can't off the top of my head recall Con Air's score but I believe how dare you it's been a long time since I put the bunny back in the box (laughs) put the bunny back in the box I love that that one has an Oscar nomination for best original song so like it could be an Oscar Sunday we could we could Con Air on there that'd be awesome Oh, my God. How do I live without you? It's so over the top. <laughs> Everything about that movie is over the top. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a oh, great boy. movie. Awesome movie. I love it. The only thing unrealistic is I feel like an army ranger 
defending his fiance from like criminals like that is not going to no jury in the, in the country is going to convict that guy. No, in real life, he probably, I mean, especially if it was an accidental death, I doubt he would have been locked up like that. He might've been discharged, but I don't think he's going to prison. No. No. And also, I, let's just be honest, I don't think they're going to do the whole, like, plane thing where they put them in a the plane and transfer. Like, I still think we transport prisoners by buses because they don't go to a whole new fucking state. It's also probably not a good idea to put the entire maximum security wing on one flight with only a few guards. <laughs> yeah. And this guy who just, like, is getting paroled but needs to get on this plane for some reason it's not the best script but it's a very entertaining movie and i will Apparently, i won't lambast connor right with a great cast i mean steve buscemi danny trejo dave chappelle that's <laughs> right people, yeah chappelle's in that yeah four people like thought he was problematic it's not but i like him in it yeah good times well uh now that art uh Casters, you know, on ice and Pollux ain't talking. They still need to figure out where the fuck this bomb is. Uh, when Archer gets back to the feds, the federal, like the FBI building, everyone starts applauding him. And they give him that champagne. And he's like, it's not done. Like, st- what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> he's just yeah. he's so angry. He gets angry and then tries to level with them and like have like this terrible, like to all those we lost. And they just are kind of staying there awkward. Like what the fuck's going on? But it's even, even the way he does that, like the, the card says just for you. And he's like, well, what about all these guys we lost? What about them? And like, still makes it like you asshole almost. Yeah. Like, how dare you give me this? I love it's, that. Uh, it's, CCH- you know what it reminds me of? What? Sorry, you know what it reminds me of? First Blood. It's never over. Never. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Oh, it's been a long time since I went through the Rambo movies. I never did watch Last Blood. All right. That's what I hear. I didn't hear great things. It's not that great. I th- uh, yeah. <laughs> I love 2008's Rambo, but I did not like Last Blood all that much. The batting average for the Rambo franchise is you know more hit than miss, so it works out. Yeah. I was about to say, in all fairness, like the first one's a great film. Yeah, with that classic line. I just referenced it. It's never over. Never. Well, I love when he, he gets him in the woods and he's got that, like he's in the camo and he's got the knife on Brian Dennehy's throat and he's like, let it go, or I'll give you a war you won't believe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you yeah. not get chills. <laughs> like, I would have shit myself and been like, yeah, okay, got it. I'll leave you alone, dude. The last thing I want to do is fuck with this grizzled vet who never left Nam. Yeah. I love when <laughs> fucking his superior comes in. Now, no, now you've started a war. He had nothing, and you've picked on him. That fucking nobody is John Rambo. It's all, everything comes from something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they need to figure out where this bomb is and Pollux ain't talking. So they figure, uh, CCH Pounder comes up to uh, Archer and is like, hey, what if you could be Caster Troy? He's like, fuck that. I'll talk to his gang. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> nope, talk to his gang. We know exactly <laughs> where they are. Oh, he makes that one guy shit his pants. <laughs> Everyone's like, what's that smell? He's like, get him a goddamn towel. So sick. He himself. <laughs> Damn. Um, but eventually, you know, they ain't talking. And we get to meet uh Gina Gershon 
and mm-hmm. Archer's been harassing her for quite some time because she knows Caster Troy. Yeah, and yeah, and that, it's a quick scene, but like it's very much established. Like it's not the first time he's harassed her for information about Caster. Um, and then I think they bring in her brother, I believe, his buddy, um, Dietrich. Yeah, Dietrich, who isn't saying shit. I love how he tries to like have a one up on him for a quick second, and then he just fucking slams him to the ground. Well, he says like, "Has your dead son," and then starts laughing at him. And <laughs> Archer puts a gun in his eye, as one would. <laughs> uh, that guy's played by Nick Cassavetes, who I believe is the son of yeah Gina Rollins and uh, John Cassavetes. Pretty cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, John Cassavetes. <laughs> Is the director of several super long, boring dramas I've had okay, to watch like on Oscar Sunday. Is like one of your favorite directors of all time. Don't you uh, love all his movies? I can't. St- I that was that's one of the few episodes of Oscar Sunday where I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh boy! But you know what? He was great in The Dirty Dozen, and he was great in Rosemary's Baby. So it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, there's a weird thing going on between Dietrich and his sister. They they kiss quite long. When did they kiss? I wasn't paying attention. When the fuck did they kiss? They give a they have like a goodbye kiss that's a little like way too long for a brother sister regular relationship. There's some Lannister shit going on in there. Look, Hollywood doesn't care about incest or age differences. Apparently. Oh, I looked in the trivia. Uh, it goes further than that. Well, I got more to say <laughs> down the road on film guys and facts. It's a it's a weird statement, but worth worth bringing up. Oh God damn it! <laughs> um, so eventually, you know, Archer's like, "All right, fine, I will be, I will, I will be the caster." And it's kind of fucked up that he like he wasn't allowed to tell his wife. I that is one thing that's like very tropey about this, and it's not really the film's fault. Like it, something that kind of happened after this film came out, but that whole plot line of like you can't tell anyone. Well, that's kind of stupid because if things go south, no one's going to fucking know. <laughs> like in real life, no, I don't believe there's a fucking black site operation going on. Where we were making people do shit like this and being like, you can't tell anyone. But no, someone knows. Like someone has to fucking know. Well, people did know, but Troy killed all of them. He did. He murdered all of them. Yeah, which was dark. That <laughs> was a dark scene. He's lighting them all up. Jesus, I do love that at the end they're like, "We found the greatest surgeon on earth. You're going to be fine." Like, hey, yeah, this is a pretty specialized, unique surgery developed by this guy. I don't know that was how good this the, is going to look. Yeah, that was <laughs> off the grid. Like, what? It would have been hilarious if Archer walked in and his face is all like stretched out and fucked up, and his eyes are like wonky. He just looks like a fucking. <laughs> he looks like fucking Leatherface. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) it just looked way too perfect for this guy's first job transplanting faces look look if we're being completely honest with ourselves and this is not i'm I'm never one of those guys to be like oh this is unrealistic i fucking hate those people in movies but the plot of this film is incredibly unrealistic like there's no way in hell transferring of faces would work or this patients would live through that process 
it wouldn't like work to where you can do a voice modulator like they did to make you sound different and the face fit per no way in hell this is working the way it does does it make for a very entertaining movie yes it does i also like to point out there's a two inch height difference between nicholas cage and john travolta that nobody mentioned right <laughs> and apparently they have the same exact type of chest hair body type like that's the other thing they're like yeah we can swap faces but I'm like, well, why do they still look exactly like how they need to? If I put my face on your body, someone's going to notice something's a little fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who knows you well is going to be like, this isn't right. <laughs> we're all, we're like all different. Face. Our skeletal structure is all different. That's why our faces look different. Yeah. <laughs> so, but whatever, you know, fuck it. It's an entertaining movie. If it was a bad movie, I'd go right for the jugular on that shit but i like this movie so i'm good well and that's what i'm saying like again like yeah realistically the plot makes no goddamn sense but they do such a good job making this film entertaining you're like all right yeah i'll go with it yeah exactly <laughs> um i do love the yeah but the surgery scenes are really cool how they're taking the face off and explaining to him like so we're gonna you know trim the hair we're gonna make your love handles a little like we're gonna make you look good on the body uh, we're going to make you do a workout without actually working out. It'll be great. We're going to, and I, yeah, I love when he wakes up and he's Caster Troy and he's freaking out. He's like, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Everybody who made him do this. He still sounds like John Travolta. That is funny hearing his voice come out of Nicolas Cage. It's really, I want to know how they pulled that off. Well, they just dubbed it over. All right. Well, thanks for taking us through all that one. You... I thought that was. A, I didn't. I didn't realize. I'm like. I'm telling you, there's no Santa Claus here. <laughs> that was yeah, a, yeah. I thought that was an easy one. Nope. <laughs> all right. You fucking positive energy sucking monster. Um. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Yeah, the voice modulator thing was some sci-fi bullshit, but I bought it. Yeah, again, the movie's entertaining enough. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll go with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Caster. Also, they should have told the fucking people who run the, the Black Side prison. Like, they can clearly keep secrets. So they should have told them, yeah, right, like, hey, we're like, sending what? in an agent to look that looks like Caster Troy. Don't beat the shit out of him and fry his brain. Yeah, I'm like, you would think in the in the prison that clearly they're good at keeping secrets because no one knows about this person except those who work for the prison. I'm like, maybe let them know, like, hey, the guy that looks like Castro Troy is not fucking Castro Troy. Like, it's an undercover agent. Like, don't mess him up too bad. I wonder what their commute's like. Like, when you're the like a guard at a like CIA black site terrorist prison in the middle of the ocean, what do you do when you're late for work? Probably just don't, I don't know. Do you show up that day? You have to take some kind of helicopter to get there. Yeah. Like if you miss the chopper, like do you have to pay a fine? Are you fired? Like, how does that work? Get to the chopper. <laughs> I do love that John Carroll Lynch is the sadistic guard. Always like seeing him. Oh yeah. Well, and this was the this part of the scenes when I texted you that I spotted a very famous movie critic, host of The Last Drive In, Joe Bob Briggs. He pops up in the scene after the fight. Um, they're getting ready to take uh, Travolta over to go fry his fucking brain. And the person that runs that part of the movie, you hear him go, oh, hey, look, it's Caster Troy. Would you look at that or something, something like that? 
It's Joe Bob. They show him for a quick second. I was like, holy shit. He, That's awesome. Yeah. He had a he had a run where he would pop up in a lot of films like that, where he just like randomly pops up for a second. He was actually supposed to be in a scene of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. He had filmed he had filmed it. It was filmed. It's a deleted scene. I need to see if it's on my Blu-ray. I don't know for sure or not. But they, they end up cutting it, but like he's like it's supposed to have a scene that takes place at like a drive-in movie theater. Which makes yeah. sense for him. <laughs> and he's supposed to be one of the guys working it that meets his untimely doom by Leatherface. I think that was like his thing. It was like, if I'm so at that time, you know, he was more well known, John Bloom, writing or writing, doing the right. He's come massive cult following of Strobe Breaks. So it was like, you know, he had that ability to be like, if you want to put me in this, like, all I ask is that you kill me off. <laughs> That's all. I wonder if, like, do you think he's maybe pursued? cameos in other texas chainsaw movies or is they, they've reached out to him or is that that ship sailed that ship may have sold on the newer films um i'm sure maybe he's asked um he's not opposed to being in films um still to this day i mean uh on the last drive in this shutter film that came out called scare package he was very excited to premiere it on a show because he was one of the uh the character one of the characters in the movie as himself <laughs> um that's cool. And he was very, yeah, he was very excited to make it a part of the uh, the season to be like, hey, we're doing a, a movie that I'm in. You guys are going to really like it. Um, and then they very famously, Darcy didn't tell him, <laughs> but she switched one of his movies out in favor of showing Hogzilla, a film he's tried to bury because <laughs> it's terrible and he's in it. <laughs> And she was able to talk to the director of the movie and get Shutter to get the rights and air it without telling him. My God, how'd that go down? He was so mad. <laughs> he was he said he was like, Darcy, I have to know the schedule in advance. How do you think I come up with all the facts and the jokes? <laughs> He's like, I email Austin, their their director, Austin. He's like, I we email about this. I I have the email, Darcy, that says the two films. I'm prepping for. And she's like, yeah, but now you have a new movie to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was good. So yeah, he he pops up and stuff. And I I I think I may have read someone just found that he was in face off. So when he popped up in this scene, I'm like, holy shit, it's Joe Bob. That's what I'm talking. I was like, oh yeah, just in time for the new season to come out this month. I was like, fuck yeah, okay. That's that's fantastic. I do love the Erewhon prison, the not so subtle anagram of nowhere. Uh, and they're all just like, you know, the Geneva Convention doesn't exist here. Most countries don't even know about this place. Once you're in here, you never leave. It's like, that's First dark. Off, yeah, and I have some issues with that statement. First off, based off the fact that the ghost was right there when he jumped off it, one, it's an oil rig, so people clearly know something's there. Two, if you're that close to the coast, you're not in international waters, sir. Can't get things past this Navy guy. Which means Geneva Inventions fucking apply. I also thought it was really easy to break out of that place. As long as you don't have the magnet boots on, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's very easy. Apparently, once you jump into the water, they assume you're just dead. Yeah, nobody looked for shit. <laughs> yeah, the chopper went, all right, cool. He's in there. Um, I did like the part in the prison when um 
he his first prison fight, uh, the the cafeteria fight, he just stops going. I'm Caster Troy. I'm Caster Troy. He's just having that moment. I love the bit when he's like freaking out, and then all of a sudden he starts crying, and he has to psych himself out of that. He's like, yeah, ah. that's a great bit of performance there. Uh, that's why I say the dude never phones it in. Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, and the reason that guy like attacked him is because he f- he fucked his his mom and his sister at the same time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Caster. That's that's a. Uh, I would be more mad at my mom and sister. Like that's a threesome that brings up a lot of questions. Like hey, boy. <laughs> an incest threesome where they. Please tell me that it was more like you were just fucking them and they were just both in the room. Well, as Pollock said, it was a sex sandwich. So assuming Troy is the quote unquote meat in this sandwich. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it was fine. I don't want to talk about the sex sandwich anymore. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, not a movie thing. I've heard stories in real life involving family members in three and I'm like, Jesus, really? Not my family, but I've heard stories from other people. I'm like, dear God. Somehow it always comes back around to fucking incest. <laughs> this, this happens a lot. I don't know. Apparently Pornhub is on something, and I think it's kind of terrifying if they are. <laughs> okay, moving on. So Pollux gives away the location of the bomb immediately, and Caster just or Archer just drops the act. He's like, you're so pathetic. Like all he knows is it's in the LA convention center. He doesn't know how to diffuse it. He doesn't know where in the convention center it is. That's a big place. He doesn't know the timetable. Like keep grilling, man. It's not over. <laughs> yeah. And also it doesn't take account that the brother now has a way to get off that fucking thing. It's like, dude. Well, before that, Caster, the real one, wakes up from his coma without his face and is a little, a uh, little peeved, a little, little annoyed <laughs> and <bit>. confused. <laughs> I, I love the the image of when they get the doctor. They bring the doctor back, and him just sitting there smoking a cigarette, and then like, thanks for the the pain med, doc. They're really working. Um, and I love how you never get a full image. Of his face, you get the quick uh, flash of it when he's like clapping. I mean, the most he gets is in the doctor's gl- the glasses. I think that's a really neat thing to do. Like, don't show the full thing; just give us that hint how fucked up his face looks right now because there's not any skin on it. What do you want? Take one goddamn guess. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that they didn't tell Archer that Troy was still alive. Like he thought he was dead, and they're like, you know, when they let him know, he's like, "Oh my God, you're keeping him alive!" Like of all people who should have known that, maybe maybe the guy who caught him. Yeah, maybe the guy who's had a six-year vendetta. Yeah, uh, but Troy wakes up, has Doctor Confiore make him Sean Archer, and then brutally murders everyone who knew about this, tortures all the documents, and then shows up at the prison as fucking Archer. What a great scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love seeing those two play off each other in that moment. Oh, dude. Cage is just like, he has no words. He's 
flabbergasted. He's terrified. He's angry. He's just, he doesn't know what to do. And fake Archer is just flaunting it. It's like, I love, you know, it's like looking in a mirror, only not. <laughs> just, I love seeing Travolta get the let loose like that. Oh, yeah. That's why I say, like, I'm not, I, Cage is great in this, but this is one of the few times where I think I actually kind of like uh, Travolta moments me because of how much he's able to let loose um, in this. It's great. Yeah, the commitment just of being insane is perfect. And then having to kind of balance that with like being a serious FBI agent and fooling everybody because nobody really liked him to the point where no one got to know him. So they can't really tell that something's wrong. Right. <laughs> even There's his wife like, doesn't even question it. Yeah, they were like, oh, you just seems happier finally. Yeah. Like, I love when he's back at the uh at the, the agency and somebody says, like, you know, I'm so sorry about to hear about Tito. And he's just like, ah, oh, you know, shit happens. <laughs> like when he drives past his house oh yeah like, what a loser oh. i may never get a hard on again yeah. and he's like oh shit and he just packs up she gives him shit he's like come on every house on this block looks exactly the same <laughs> oh god oh boy so yeah while that's all happening Fake cat. I love when fake caster though. I'm, I don't, it's hard caster or archer. It's hard to kind of differentiate. I'm just going to go by actor name here. When Cage grabs Travolta and starts screaming, "Die!" <laughs> as he's strangling. The way he says "die" in this, like every time, it's like "die." <laughs> it's so over the top. I love Travolta's reaction when they get when they when they get him taken off of him, and that whole like it's fine. He's he's having a traumatic moment. He's, <laughs> he's clearly had a troubled childhood, and uh, thank you. <laughs> Trying to pull some FBI shit out of his ass. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, he gets Pollux out of there immediately, and now Cage is like, "All right, I gotta get the fuck out of here," and he gets himself put in the brain drain room. And I love how quickly he convinces Dubov. Like, I didn't touch your your wife or your sister. Let's do, let's get out of here. Dubov is immediately like, "All right, brothers." <laughs> right. All so this forgiven. It's so like, quick. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm like, all right, look, dude. One, he did fuck actual caster. Did fuck your mom and sister at the exact same time. Yeah. I was like, this is a fake caster. Also. Even then, like, why are you so quick to forgive? I would be mad for a lifetime at everyone involved in that threesome. I guess the urge to escape was stronger. But, I mean, Archer does let a lot of prison guards die. He does let a lot of them die. He lets technically a lot of people die in his escape. Yeah, he does. I do love when... uh when Travolta finds out that Castor, that uh, Castor Troy has escaped or is de- Castor Troy is dead. And he's like, show me the body. And they're like, well, we haven't, it hasn't been recovered yet. And he immediately freaks out. It hasn't been recovered yet. Like just <laughs> absolutely insane. <coughs> yeah. He loses it. And they're like, why are you running? He's like, trust me. He's already here. He calls him and he answers Sean Archer. And I love when he's just like, well, if you're Sean Archer, then I guess I'm Caster Troy and hangs up. Oh, the implications. 
It's great. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. It's like now the game's like really afoot because now he's out and now he's like, I got to contain this before he blows blows it for me. Oh, wait. Before that, he diffuses the bomb, which which I loved when he just goes to the convention center and he's like, leave. And he's like, you know, dancing around, folding his jacket. I love he fucks up the code and almost kills himself. <laughs> Two seconds left on the clock. Oh, boy. I give a shit. I love when he oh. sees it on the news and he's like, the news person's like, Mr. Like, F. Agent Archer, if, if there's anything you'd like to, is there anything you'd like to say to the perpetrator? He's like, oh, yeah. Interception. Our side's got the ball. Sorry. <laughs> I always love that. I did. Uh, I think, I think this was before he broke out. Um, when after getting to know his, you know, his his uh, Travolta's wife, <laughs> he then proceeds to find out that he has a daughter. Oh yeah, and it gets kind of weird there for a second. Yeah, it gets a vibe start like you can see in her eyes she gets a little scared, and then he grabs the cigarettes and he's he's cool dad now. <laughs> yeah, like I won't tell mom. It's fine. Papa's got a brand new bag. Yeah, that's funny. I love, I do love when he, um, he saves her from the rapist, which was out of character for Troy, but like, it's almost like he was starting to believe he was Archer. Well, he has that quick line when he argues for him. He's like, um, arguing. It's like, really, uh, he says something that kind of tells you like he's kind of falling for it a bit. <laughs> I like that line where he's like, you know, deception. Like secrets, this is turning into a real marriage. There is, that's the line, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he drags right. the boyfriend out of the car and kicks him in the balls and says, like, apologize. Apologize, <laughs> like you mean it. And then gives her a knife. <laughs> that's a great scene. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's just it's funny because yeah, it is a, it does feel out of character at first. Cause yeah, like the scene when he meets her, literally the camera ogles a was supposed to be a teenage gore in like her underwear because that's what you know caster's doing right now and next thing you know he is getting a would-be rapist like hauled out of the car and being the shit out of him of course later on he does describe her as a peach and licks her face yeah so, so he he's not back. A, yeah he's not no. a hero <laughs> he just wants to be the one to do it not not that guy that's what it amounts to oh god no oh, that's <laughs> fucked up um you're, no you're not wrong uh date night is interesting when he seduces uh mrs archer with minimal effort and it made me think i guess caster and archer have identical dicks because she didn't even consider the possibility that this was a different man this is true because i'm assuming they did end up fucking that night oh yeah it's 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 implied heavily yeah, so I would think if you've been married long enough that you had two children and one was a teenager, um, that you would know your man's dick like inside and out. Well, also like his physique, like the second Archer takes off his clothes, she's going to be like, that's my husband's head, <laughs> but the rest <laughs> of him doesn't look right. Unless he was very insistent on keeping the lights off. I guess. I don't know. Also, later on, when she finds out that's not her husband, she doesn't really panic that much the fact that she fucked the man who killed her son. 
Yeah, right? There's no like, oh my God, he was inside me. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really happen. I feel like that'd be the first thing she says. Yeah. And if I was like John, if I was a uh, Travolta's character, I'd be like, you really suffer him? Are you serious right now? Really? I'd harp on that a lot. Oh my God. That marriage is over the second he's like, how could you do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I like, but to Castor's credit, he must be some kind of smooth tongued devil. Like it's because it's implied that man gets around. He can eat a peach for hours, as he said. Yeah. Man, man likes to give. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, where to next? The sh- uh, I would say when Cage gets to the hideout or the hangout, whatever you want to call it, meets the rest of the gang. That yes, never question that he's any different. Start slapping asses. Everyone's just like, hey, look who it is. It's like Norm from Cheers. Everyone's just happy to see him. And he's very much like, I love this. Dietrich's like, what's the matter? You look like you fucked your mother. Like, <laughs> he just looks so nervous and scared and out of his element. Nobody questions that this dude who's known for being super overly confident and crazy is being awfully quiet. Yeah, it's, it's, he's acting a bit strange. I also love how quick Pollux is to believe this whole thing. Yeah, he comes around very quick. He's like, oh, that's not my brother. Like, There's no way that's my brother. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, he would he would know. But also, like, I feel like he would want to see some evidence. Yeah, right. Like, tie my shoe. I don't know. Like, tie my shoe. shoe. <laughs> apparently he can't ever tie a fucking shoe he's a yeah he's he's dead weight he it's it's amazing i guess you know caster everybody needs family and that's all he's got except for the kid he doesn't you know he, that he neglects right Vin Diesel <laughs> would not approve um <laughs> you know, i yeah i like um I like how we kind of get like a quick, at least for a moment, like kind of a, a look into Caster Toy's life, like what he lives day in and day out when he's not out planting bombs um, or whatever he likes to do for fun. Um, he's just hanging out, doing drugs with bald people. Yeah. And some, I guess some sleeping with Gina Groshan or whatever woman wants, she wants to sleep with that night. I like how she just comes on to him really quick. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Frankly, Troy seems like he'd have you know a pretty fun life. I mean, if I think you know Archer, it's not like there was a timetable on this. He could have you know enjoyed himself a little bit. I'm just saying, she was throwing herself at him. She's like, "This, maybe this." Her hands started going down. I'm like, maybe for a second, It'd be hilarious if she, she was the one to be like, "That's not Caster Troy's dick. Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> Like they know, they can tell, but apparently, you know, Joan Allen's not getting it enough. She, no. she forgot what it was like. Apparently, all it takes is two months, as in that one uh, journal entry. <laughs> oh, that! What a loser! <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, I do love that the whole time, Archer's boss is on his ass. 
like for no real specific reason. Like, I don't know where you're getting your intel. Yeah, you're getting results. Yeah, you're the golden boy of the FBI. Yeah, we've captured a lot of terrorists, but I don't like you. Yeah, right. He's like just the typical angry boss for no reason this time, though. But it is cool that uh, <laughs> Caster kills him by inducing a heart attack. I thought that was a neat way to, to do it. Yeah, I was when he said that, I was like, oh, shit, you gave him a heart attack. Okay. Yeah, just I, I, punches him in the heart and then just holds him down. That's that, that was a, that was a cool death. I don't think I've ever seen that before. And I think that was the dad from Fargo. The rich I'm, guy that William H. Macy's trying to extort. Oh, I think that was him. Maybe. Uh, I do like how he tells him who he is before he does it. He's like, I got something you won't believe. I'm Caster Troy, and then just fucking punches him. Got a confession to make, and I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Ah, oh, boy. Um, yeah, we're kind of just jumping around here talking highlights, but it's awesome. Yeah, I do uh, kind of like to the gang. <laughs> the gang hideout. I like the shootout in that scene. Well, again, another great fucking action scene that gets like his whole gang. Killed. I love how his whole gang is killed. Caster doesn't give a fuck that they all yeah. die. Well, I love that you get to see this from their perspective where they're not all evil. They're just, you know, trying to get by, do their thing. And Archer's kind of, you know, harassing them and ruining their lives because they're guilty by association. I like how you get to see that from their perspective. And Archer realizes that, you know, he's like, whatever happens, like Archer's never going to bother you again to Gina Gershon. Yeah, he sees that then they like, if anything, like, yeah, they like Caster, but he's the crazy one. They rather just stay out of his fucking schemes. Yeah, I mean, his schemes are global terrorism. He's not like, you know, robbing banks or anything. He's murdering a lot of people on a global or scale. Selling, right, or just selling drugs, for Christ's sakes. Like, yeah. He's like, just it's chaos for chaos's sake, which is, you know, always a fun villain motivation, just because I can. Yeah, and you even see it in like uh, that moment when uh, her Gershon's brother Nick Casavetes, you know, you know, helps save her son real quick, gets him out of there, gets him out of harm's way. Even like has that moment, like, okay, little guy, just stay here, you know, stay low, keep quiet. It's all gonna be good. Like he has that moment, where he kind of comforts him, like, hey, it's okay, just stay here. Yeah. So you can see that you know, yeah, they're you know by you know by the standards we've set with laws and stuff. Yeah, they're criminals, but. There's people they care about. You know, they're human beings at the end of the day. Yeah, and, you know, was Archer being too hard on these people? Was the, the line being blurred between good and evil? I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love when Archer takes the drugs and he's just like, whoa, like, oh, this is crazy. Because <laughs> he's never yeah. taken drugs like that. And he's like, I'm going to, I want to take his face off. It's so <laughs> It's almost like they just realized what the title of the film meant. In this moment, they're like, face off like i feel like they went in thinking like oh yeah face off like you know they're fighting each other like a face off and that moment they went oh my god well i love that dietrich's like hold on you want to take his face off <laughs> like they just keep going yeah. <laughs> like we're not fucking getting it <laughs> no more drugs for that man yeah Wonderful. I do love when he's like freaking out in the bathroom. He looks in the mirror and he pulls a gun because it's Caster Troy. He has to have a moment of like, oh, wait a minute. 
Oh wait, <laughs> I'm Caster Troy right now. <laughs> he has that weird face and like turns around and Gina Gershon and he's like <laughs> smiling all weird. <laughs> ah, funny. Yeah. And like and like I said, uh yeah, like you're talking about like like I said, when he just fucking lets them all die. So like I said, um yeah, that kid probably doesn't have the most stable life living in that fucking environment. But again, like fucking Nick Nick Cassavetti scared more about that kid than his own father did. Like he was willing to be like, no, kid can die. Fuck it. Don't care. Yeah, the big reveal of, you know, oh, he's yours too. What? And when you know Archer hugs the kid and starts calling him by his own dead son's name, that's that's freaky and uncomfortable and makes everyone awkward. Yeah, I kind of got Chino Gershon's reaction. I'm just sitting there like, okay, you can get away from the kid now. <laughs> yeah, but when Archer shows up and him and uh, Troy have that face off in in the uh, in the mirror when they're like, you know, aiming at their own faces, it's like, ah, that was a cool shot. Yeah, I like that. All right, plan B. Let's just kill each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like I do enjoy boning your wife, but I think we've we both like it better the other way. <laughs> Jesus, man. That's uh, good. I do love the scene where um they go to the to the son's grave and Troy just looks uncomfortable and doesn't really know what to do, what to do. Mm-hmm. Like he's just looking like. Ugh. He won't look at the grave. I noticed that he's looking everywhere else, but he won't look at the grave. Yeah. Again, ah. you could argue it's your, it's a mixture of him just not, you know, he's that much of a monster. He doesn't want to be there, obviously. Or there is that little bit of humanity in him that's going like, I did not need, I did not intend for this. Yeah. I love that we get, it was right up there. But we get no redemption whatsoever for this guy. He's 100% our bad guy. But there is those little moments of like, maybe I regret murdering a six-year-old. Yeah. Not my intended target. Mistakes were made that day. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> Tempers were high. <laughs> Decisions were made. They could have been done better. <laughs> Jesus. That's all I'm saying, guys, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> the team. All right, so look, we had a good plan, but as you can tell, undesired results. I'm just I'm picturing Troy going back <laughs> to his gang after the op and telling him, like, "All right, so that FBI agent who was onto us, who I said I was going to take care of, well, I uh, so I I I, sh- I killed his kid." And uh, now he's going to come down harder than ever. So uh, you guys might want to go underground for a little bit. I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> like, Way to go, Troy. <laughs> I would love if he just really tried to downplay it. Like, all right, so check this out. I know I said I was going to just kill the cop, right? Get, get him off our back. I shot him. I want that to be known. The bullet, it entered his body. Problem was it kept going through his son's body and funny little thing again not a biggie right guys his son died all right all i'm saying i gotta lay low a little bit now but is it a big deal no we'll be fine i got a good news bad news situation for you again good news the bullet entered the cop bad news 
it exited his son's head. Uh, not, uh, not the desired effect. We got maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, this is fucked up, but true. Um, so we totally get rid of the stash. What does that have to do with this? Or you would have seen better. Oh, shave this. St- I thought you said shoot the child. Oh, that's on me. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't put the hearing aid in this morning. <laughs> you guys said you wanted the cop to leave us alone. Yeah, how does shooting the kid do that? That's a good question. <laughs> oh man. This is so morbid. Uh so now, uh, Troy or you know Archer goes to uh, the hell is her name Eve, and tries to convince her. And he's like, "Don't scream! Don't scream! Don't <laughs> scream!" And she's like, "You son of a bitch!" Um, and she meant- he hides his face too. At first, she's like, he kind of forgets, and he kind of seems like, "Oh no, don't look at me." I love his random moments of freaking out that are definitely putting her more at edge when he's like, you know, they told me, you know, they, they, they put me under surgery and I woke up and I had casters face <laughs> just screaming random shit. She's just like, Jesus already kind of not believing you. That's not helping. Yeah. I love how like, I, I, I know he doesn't do it, but like the weird, like speaking of face, the weird facing Travolta does. Yeah, the movie, which I think I read someone was something he actually does with his, he did with his kids. I don't know. I could I could be wrong. I'm like either way, it's fucking weird. Like how how is that loving? It's the weirdest thing. Like I love you. Now let me put my fucking just grab your face with my hand. <laughs> like, ah, at least it's just like a, a slight you know dusting of the fingers. It's not you know blah. It's not like Alien, which would be funny. Either way would piss me off. I'd be like, don't ever fucking touch my face again. How's that sound? I love you. (laughs) (laughs) My God. But yeah, I always thought that was weird. I guess they needed something, some intimate thing for the family to finally prove that that's really Archer. Uh, But the blood type, I feel, was more effective. (laughs) It was very effective. Or, you know, just like you do in anything. It's still his brain, so he, he has only his memories. Yeah, but I, again, I feel like that wouldn't work because he's barely fucking home and they haven't like actually talked in months. Or had sex in two months. Yeah. So so what, they, what kind, what nice memories do they really have? What if he just lost it? When was the last time you touched me? Troy's like, Monday. <laughs> Archer's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> she starts asking them both questions like, when's my birthday? Troy's like, April 17th, like immediately. <laughs> Archer's like, give me, give me another one. <laughs> that would have been funny as hell. She's like, go on, let's see the dicks. Let's see which one belongs to my husband. God. And that doesn't work because clearly it's the same exact model. Oh, for whatever reason, she still picks fucking Caster Troy. It's clearly his. He's like a solid four inches longer. He gave me the best orgasm of my life. It's clearly him. Archer's pulled away by the cops. Wait! Wait! His pants are still down. Wait! 
Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) So they come up with a plan to take out uh, Troy at Lazaro's funeral because now he's the acting director of the FBI because that's how it works. Uh, (laughs) I feel like it's not that quick. I don't think it is, but... Yeah, why would they announce that? I feel like that's a secret thing. I don't... Yeah, all right. (laughs) Whatever. Fun action movie. I love At the Funeral... It's loaded with white doves. It's like such a calm before the storm. It's so it's so right. good. But I love about this because I know this is like a John Rue thing. Like he's always doing white doves. Yeah. But what I love is that it's to the point that sometimes it honestly doesn't make sense. Like why are there so many doves right now? Because that would cause such a disruption. And eventually they're going to shit. And it's going to smell. So like why is there so many doves? <laughs> White movie doves don't shit. They just appear when they're needed. They hear John Woo calling. They go, oh, yes, we have you, buddy. They hear Cage go, woo, and they show up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But, yeah, they, they're, I don't know. It's his trademark. You see, you see white doves. You're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Based, real quick, based off, uh. The unbearable trailer. Um, we're gonna get a lot more great noises coming out of Nick Cage's mouth. Like whatever that whoo, oh, whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love if somebody would like edit in Cage's films every time he like whoo, you just see a like a you see a dove in the background somewhere. <laughs> we need to have like a count of like the sh- like the weird noises that have come from that man's mouth. I have a video I'm going to send you after this. Somebody edited together his screams into the Super Mario theme. And it works. It's great. I'll, I'll send it to you when we're done. <laughs> um, I love when Travolta starts walking doing the fake Latin. That always makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Pissing everyone off. Uh, and yeah, they have the, you know, which one's the real Archer thing with, with the daughter and the vocal oh. things all fucked up. I love, uh, real quick for that, I love like the stain off in the church. That just gets ridiculous after so long. <laughs> ah, now it gets on you. Ah, now it gets on you. But now it gets on you. But now it gets on you. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a predicament. <laughs> yeah, I love fucking Travolta. What a predicament we have here. Uh, but yeah. Jamie shoots the wrong dad. Yeah, she is <laughs> terrible. Oh my god! I love Travolta's reactions. Like, no daughter of mine would ever shoot that wide. <laughs> <laughs> and then licks her face, freaking her the fuck out. And then she then stabs she, him in the leg. Right. Then she finally clicks. Oh, that may not be my dad. I did like her. Actually, please tell me I'm on planet Earth. That gave me a good chuckle. I'd probably have the same reaction. Be like, what the fuck is going on? Why is dad acting weird? I can't believe nobody told her. I, 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 I mean, a little, you know, I, I guess there wasn't a lot of time, but during the freaking fiasco, Eve could have said like, hey, face transplant. Right. Hey, the, the guy that the one that looks like not your dad, he's your dad. Oh, I love the boat, the boat chase 
Um, was awesome. Apparently that was recycled from, I think it was hard target. Uh, we really wanted to do boat chase, but he didn't have the budget on that movie, but he had the budget for face off. So he's like, boat chase. You know, my boat chase. God damn it. Yeah. And yeah, Troy gets, gets it with a fucking harpoon gun after he tries to cut his own face off. Just cause, just cause how dark. I love it. How psychotic. Also, I just want, he just killed a random civilian to get to his boat. Unprompted. Just killed a guy. I was like, you could just push him to the water. You didn't have to, you shot the shit out of him though. Also, one phone call from his wife, and suddenly the entire FBI accepts this crazy theory. Yeah, I love that. Like, and then like they make it seem like it was both the phone call and just the hint that like they had a feeling. You know what I mean? Like they're like, we we always thought something was off, boss. It's like, did you? Did you think something was off? Seemed like you really enjoyed funny office uh archer over like guilty angry archer it seems you guys have the time of your life i do love that surgeon is just like i'm gonna you know i'm the best surgeon in the world you're gonna be fine and also troy gets by uh, archer gets rolled in next to like what looks like his dead body and that's got to be a weird moment oh yeah and then he I comes home that. with a new kid and he's like hey he's family now is everyone okay with that I'm immediately okay with it. I will say, um, I did enjoy, I, I had like that weird sense of relief with him when they were like, hey boss, and he's like, or hey sir, and he's like, would you just call me? I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It did feel good. It's like, oh, good. We're all on the same page now. Yeah. Oh, he's going right. to do that. I do and think then, it's weird that he didn't consult his wife before bringing home a new kid. It part's weird. Like, yeah. Hey, here's what's... This is not me clearly trying to now make up the whole cleft in my heart over our dead son or anything, but here's a kid that's probably the same exact age as our dead son was. Good news, honey. I found a toddler-shaped puzzle piece for that hole in my heart. His name is Adam, but I'm going to call him Michael. Because you haven't touched me in two months, but you fuck Castro immediately. Oh my god! It's, so it I'm movie ends with a fade out, like massive argument, right? So I'm not pulling a baby in you right now. So here we go. I found one. Oh my god! Um, what if what if Troy did though? Oh my god! You telling me he wraps it up? Bullshit! Clearly not. <laughs> he raw dogs everything he touches. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and if anything, uh-huh. if any time he was gonna, he was gonna go in, you know. Uh, uncloaked it would be with archer's wife yeah uncloaked and there's no way in hell he was pulling out <laughs> oh no it, it's staying uh, in duration jesus she's she's um, pregnant i will say this i don't know if it was i was running the emotional high because like how i watched this today was i watched what i could and then went to go see everything ever all at once and then finish it when i got home and kind of have really cut things close to meet movie deadlines for this weekend's recordings um oh yeah but, uh, yeah um like i'm literally going to turn around and finish like the last three minutes of the the shutter film i was watching as soon as we get done here um and then oh yeah i love netflix movie um but anyway i don't know if i was writing the emotional high that i was of uh everything because uh for those of you who haven't seen it it gets fucking emotional at the end even i was sitting there going like oh god damn it like 
who put who put onions in this theater? Mm-mm, not me, not today. And uh, I don't know if I was writing that high of that whole thing, but then I was watching this going, oh god damn it, why is this getting me right now? <laughs> Good question. Uh, real quick, I didn't put this in the uh, film guys and facts, but I thought this was fucking hilarious. Just shows how stupid people are. Uh, John Woo insisted on leaving the slash in the title because he didn't want people thinking this was a hockey movie. I don't, I don't think that would have happened, but he clearly doesn't have a lot of faith in the American public. You know what? And yeah, I'd be like, that's mean, but as we've seen with recent uh, events, I get it. He maybe he, maybe he got ma- massive pushback <laughs> from hard target. And Broken Arrow because people thought they were fucking archery movies. He's like, I'm not doing that's not happening again. Not this time. Uh, With that, here are some filmgasm facts for Face Off. Number one, the first real life face transplant was accomplished in 2012 on Richard Norris, who'd accidentally shot himself in the face with a shotgun the same year that Face Off came out. And they were finally able to give him a facial transplant. It's interesting. How do you uh, accidentally shoot? I have, for those who don't, I'm sure most of you know what a shotgun looks like. How the fuck do you accidentally shoot yourself with a shotgun? Like you have, they take two hands to shoot a regular shotgun. Like what, you had it aimed at yourself? Like what the fuck did you do to get yourself in the face? Were you looking down the barrel of it and you tripped or something? I mean, that's the only explanation. I can't, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Not only that. A shotgun shoots buckshots, which means the shit spreads upon fucking trigger pull, okay? Yeah. Which means, how the fuck was this thing aimed to only, like, damage your face but not kill the fuck out of you? (laughs) I have so many questions with this story. What were you doing? Dude shot his face off and got a new one in 2012. So, good for him. Apparently, we can do that now. I feel like the recipient probably should have been somebody a little bit more deserving, if I do say so yes. myself. Not well, the people you, blasting their own faces off by accident. Yeah, I'm not trying to mean, but if you're somehow finding a way to accidentally shoot yourself with a shotgun, you're not fit to continue with the human race. Jesus. You should fucking kill yourself, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ouch. Is I'm sure what he's shotgun. How do you do face that? Off. How do you do? It's a shotgun. I would understand like a pistol, maybe, but a shotgun? You kidding me? Yeah, logistically, it doesn't make sense. I think someone shot him, and he won't fess up. He's protecting somebody. (laughs) Uh, Number two, in early drafts of the script, Archer went to Caster's mother's place to hide out, and the writers wanted the mother to either be played by Elizabeth Taylor or Jack Nicholson in drag. I don't like how there's just a drastic change there. Look, we're getting Elizabeth fucking Taylor, guys. Oh, we're getting Nicholson and drag. I don't want anything in between. What? That is such an extreme spectrum. That's a, what about Susan Sarandon? Betty White? No, no, no. <laughs> Taylor or Nicholson and drag? I will not repeat myself. I wonder if they how, how far that went. Like, is the reason it got cut is because Nicholson told them to fuck off? What if he told them yes? 
What if he's he like showed, he showed up and it was way too convincing? It was like too real. He looked just like right. Elizabeth Taylor. What if he's like, I understand the assignment. Give me a day. He just comes they, in fully tracked. Just hey. They go to his house. He's already in drag before the pitch. And they're just like, no, okay, good. Never mind, Mr. Nicholson. Sorry to bother you. I heard rumors that you guys wanted me in drag for your movie. Or however he says it with the eyes constantly, you know, moving. I can't do jack eyebrows, but I'm trying to like, (laughs) can't do it. (laughs) And number three, the thing I was uh, talking about earlier, in the narrative behind Caster Troy being Adam's father, Caster Troy had a threesome with Sasha and Dietrich, and Adam was conceived. So it's not necessarily his kid. Why is there so much incest? Seven-year-old with the 90s little boy haircut could possibly be Dietrich's kid. Look, I know I have made jokes about incest porn enough, and that's how it keeps getting brought up in the show, but this case, not on me, all right? This film has a whole fucking plotline with a character that he's pissed at Caster for fucking his mom and sister at the same time. And now you're telling me there's a fan theory where brother and sister, a brother and sister, like, were involved in a threesome with Caster? It's not a fan theory. It's it's background information on the characters. Like, it's, oh, it's part here. of the, yeah, this is this happened in the narrative of this film. I, which means if it, that means he was he was inside his sister. Oh. If that kid suddenly oh. starts, you know, developing like a hair lip or some weird medical condition, it's not Caster's kid. It means he oh <laughs> he pumped to completion inside his sister. Oh, or he pumped into completion inside of Caster. I mean, we don't know how this threesome went. He really he was he really liked Caster Troy. I don't think Caster Troy liked him like that, though. I don't know. I read it also in the original script. Uh, Caster and Archer were lovers. And that's how the, that's why they're so hating each other, because Archer would refuse to let the relationship be public. So, yeah, this was the first draft. Yeah, but in the final draft, that was no hint of Caster being into dudes like that. I feel like you do that many drugs. You don't care what what's fucking you or what you're fucking. And look, if they're saying that that may not be her kid, his kid, but the bro's kid, that means the threesome that was involved, which penetration was being done to her by two dicks. One of those dicks belonging to her own brother. Caster Troy doesn't fuck unless there is at least two not his family members involved. That's his, that's his kink. Apparently, Caster is all about threesomes as long as the two people involved are related and are and some, clearly willing to pleasure each other regardless of their blood relation. And someone's sucking his tongue. Okay, we've gone to a weird place. This is weird. I don't like how this is a back. Why couldn't it have just been Caster's kid? God damn it. I don't know. Uh, with all that, Who's I give with Hollywood and inside? like. Look, first we have a dude that's just being a fucking idiot and finding a way to shoot himself with a shotgun by mistake. That like, was in Hollywood. That's real life. 
I know. That's what I'm saying. That's life. And then you move it to Hollywood that's apparently just like love and incest, which tells me that apparently Pornhub and porn in general just went, oh, that's what Hollywood likes? And no one's saying anything about it? Yeah, we'll just make a fucking thing out of it. And what's weird is that they weren't fucking wrong in doing that in porn because it's like consistently one of the most looked up fucking things. Dude, Game of Thrones was like the biggest TV show on the planet, and people were upset that Jon Snow and Daenerys weren't hooking up that much. But they're, you know, even though they were related. So, like in fiction, people don't seem to care. They say in fiction, but that tells me how many cousin, aunt, uncle fuckers are out there. What's going on? <laughs> what is going on? I, I don't can, know. I can truthfully say, and I know you probably feel the same. I know you feel the same way. I haven't looked at any of my fucking family members and been like, I can't wait to get alone time. No, not one bit. Not at all. Never fucking thought that. I love that you, you started to like, I'm, and I'm sure you feel this. No, wait, I know you feel the same. Like you weren't a little, you were a little bit like, I don't know. But then you committed to no, no way. Yeah. No, I will not accept. Jesus Christ. No, I don't. I do not. I have never, but Apparently, there's a lot of people out there, and the guy who wrote Face Off is <laughs> might be one of them. Apparently, Jesus well, Christ! Despite all that crazy shit, guys, spoke before we move on. Yeah, there's plenty of fish in the sea that you're not related to. The love of Christ, <laughs> Jesus. I just thought of a great counter argument that they would use. I'm not saying this, but I feel like they would say. But the fish and sweetest in your own pond, or some shit like that. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let's move on. You know what's funny? Next week, there's, there's, there's probably some of this as well. What do you mean? What do you mean? Which movie are you alluding to? I mean his, his like weird thing with his grandma. We'll get to it. I'll explain it in a minute. Okay. Okay. Uh, I give Face Off a nine. It's a near perfect action thriller. Both Cage and Travolta are in top form. It's in both of their top tiers in terms of their filmography. It's a great movie. Uh, I'll probably back that nine. It's probably, I think, the only thing going back is because I saw it so late in life. But this is a goddamn, yeah, you know what? I'll give it a nine. It's a nine. This is just a great Cage film, a great Travolta film. And what was probably, I think, at that time, his third career resurgence, second, I don't know, I'm losing track, 10th career resurgence, who knows? That was the second. After it it was Pulp Fiction brought him back the first time. Then I don't know what brought him back after Battlefield Earth. I don't don't know. I don't know. And he was actually getting good work at this time. Yes, but was. great, you know, it's a great action from John Rue really shows why he's still one of the greatest action directors living. Um, Ward will be a, a, not a good, a less happy place when he is gone. Um, the dude just knows how to film action. And yeah, this is a great fucking movie. If you're looking for good American action, like post 80s, the decade, this is a film to show someone. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for listening, everyone, even though this one got weird. Uh, if you like what we do, feel free to... It's not like we're, not like we're trying to bring up incest. The film literally did it for us. 
Uh, feel free to follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can send us, you know, feedback messages, uh, suggestions, and you can always email us at filmgasm at gmail.com for that as well. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, for reviews, articles, trailers, episodes of all of our shows. And if you want to support us on Anchor, click on support this podcast and send us a donation. We appreciate it very much. Next week is another random draw from the book and is a nice serial killer prequel with a loaded cast. Years before he helped FBI agent Clarice Starling take down Buffalo Bill, Hannibal Lecter was caught by FBI agent Will Graham, who needed his help to take down a vicious monster called the Tooth Fairy. In the surprisingly good prequel to The Silence of the Lambs, we're tackling 2002's Red Dragon next week. Can't wait. This one really freaked me out when I was a kid. And Francis Dollarhide was weirdly abused by his grandma. I'm sure shit got weird. With that kind of upbringing, I'm sure there was something. God damn it. So, I threatened to cut his dick off if he wet the bed. That's not normal behavior. Wow. Yeah. I'm terrified. Especially... Mm-hmm. One point you're going to hit puberty, and then another kind of thing happens to some guys that can't contain themselves when they sleep. I'm sure wet the bed was an all-encompassing statement for her. <laughs> anyway, more on that next week. More sure on wet, wet dreams and serial killing grandma weird shit next week. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, don't miss Nicolas Cage's next on Friday's Beyond the Bad. Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse on Oscar Sunday, and a twofer on The Northman and the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent on Monday's sneak preview. Until then, don't swap faces with a psychotic terrorist and keep watching movies. (laughs) 